When it comes to independent wrestling and the deathmatch scene, one company is on the rise, and that is Ruthless Pro Wrestling. Featuring today's hottest talent, like Justin Kyle, Dale Patricks, The Rejects, Mickey Knuckles, Hoodfoot Mo Atlas, and more. Check out all of our events on IWTV. Find all of our social media and our RPW merch now at RuthlessPro.com. What it is, what's up, and welcome everyone to Faces and Feels. I'm your host, Rafe Houston, and today I'm joined by a very special guest. Uh, this gentleman was the first wrestler I ever interviewed over a year ago. Uh, I count him one of my close friends in the wrestling business. He's the man and brains, or one of the brains, behind Deathmatch Down Under. It is the smash hit, Joel fucking Bateman. How are you today, sir? Um, a little blown away. I don't know if I can live up to that intro now. Um, I think that's what you said last that, time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that's what I mean. I was the first wrestler on the podcast, and it only got better from there. Oh, thank um, you. So, so I'm coming back in at the bottom, which is cool. Um, yeah, I'm good, man. Uh, life is uh, ever-changing, but awesome on the East Coast, as you can imagine. Mm-hmm. And uh, instead of drinking beers like we were the last time, I'm drinking a very cold coffee, but it is out of a big Japan pro wrestling mug that I bought off Etsy. It so, is very uh, cool. It's not all bad. It is absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I think it cost me like six bucks. <laughs> <laughs> Worth every cent. It uh, mm-hmm. it is earlier in the morning. I am drinking a somewhat warm Macca's Coke from last night. So that's a, <laughs> so yeah. We're not exactly on the beers this time, but hey, Both there, of our beverages are the wrong temperature. <laughs> I know. Why? Why are they reversed? What the fuck is going on here? We're a nightmare. We're a nightmare. But it's understandable. Josh just had a baby. Congratulations, Joel. Thank you very much. Yes. So young Sam is here. Yeah. Uh, he's having a nap just on the other side of uh, my office door, but uh, he, he's kicking on. He was two weeks on Thursday. Wow. Um, and yeah, he's loving life. Yeah, absolutely. I am. Um, I'm glad that you made time for me, man, because in all of the exciting stuff you've going on, as well as having a new human in your house, taking care of your lovely wife, you also have finally got towards the dream tournament that we you know, have been talking about for a long time. The universe being what it is, stopped it and knocked it back a couple of times, but we're here now, man. How does it feel to finally be heading towards that that, uh, it that was big goal? Still, it was still kind of surreal because, yeah, that was always kind of the uh, the end game when we started this thing was knock off the deathmatch tournament. And it was still all kind of hypothetical. You know, we got up to the go-home show before the tournament when this last lockdown hit back in kind of June, July. Um and then it was like, okay, right. And then we had a meeting yesterday. Uh, the management team came over and had a meeting yesterday because I'm not getting out of the house for any meetings. Um, so everyone came over and we went through it all and we, we kind of stockpiled everything that we've got for it. We went, oh, shit, in two weeks, we have a deathmatch tournament. Um, so yesterday it all got very real once again. Uh, and I'm, I'm super, super excited for it. Um, nervous, not apprehensive, but definitely nervous, but it's that good kind of nervous energy. Um, because, you know, everyone in the tournament hasn't wrestled since June or July. We all have something to prove to ourselves as well as everybody else. So it's um, it's going to be a super, super exciting uh, show, and I, I can't wait for it to get here if I can go to bed and wake up and it'd be the uh, day of the tournament. That'd be awesome. Yeah, absolutely, man. That's really exciting. Uh, you said stockpiling stuff. I remember a funny tweet from you from when that earthquake happened uh, in, in Victoria when you were like, uh, I just remembered that my garage is full of light tubes. My garage is full of light tubes, and they're all – think like the little wooden blocks we always used to play with as kids. Yeah. Oh, look, okay, anyone over the age of 30 used to play with as kids. Um those but big boxes full of tubes yeah um i think the count yesterday we are at somewhere around the 13 to 1500 whoa um and yeah the earthquake happened and i went oh yeah cool nothing broke in the house oh fuck i have the leaning tower of glass in my camera (laughs) (laughs) i should probably go and check on that and a bunch of them had fallen over but as far as i can tell nothing broke um so yeah i think like 
during this little lockdown, we've just kind of been like, we, we got a new storage facility. So after this tournament, my garage is no longer the base of operations, right? But we've got, you know, two dozen panes of glass, 1300 tubes, not necessarily all going to be used in this tournament, but yeah. like the weapon, the weapons cache is starting to really expand yeah. a couple of kilometers worth of barbed wire. Wow. Um, you know, where the border donated, it's, uh, it's really cool to have. And, yeah, like we're looking at the logistics of the tournament. Um, yeah, you know what? I'll give you a scoop. Um, the finals of the tournament, the stipulation, we have a Big Japan-style shark cage that's currently living in my driveway um, <laughs> that I got built before the last lockdown. Um, so trying to work out how we're going to get that to the building for the final because it weighs like 300 kilos Yeah, uh, and, and is two and a half meters tall. So that's going to be a part of the finals stipulation. Um, so working out how we're going to get that there, how we're going to get 1,300 tubes there. And we're like, okay, someone's hiring a second truck. That's what we're doing. Usually I could fit it in a van. That's not happening. I'm going to get one of the young guys to hire a truck. Does the, uh, <laughs> does the shark cage break down? Like how do you get it through doors and all the logistics? So work? it's like I think it's about – 800 wide by 2.4 meters tall. Mm-hmm. So it fits through most double doors. Yeah. Okay. Um, not standing up and it has, it has, it has a nice dolly, which is great. Like it's on a trolley. So moving it around isn't a big deal. Yeah. Getting it over the top rope to get it into the ring for the final is going to be a time. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah. How, Cause it's heavy as shit. Man, it, it must take it. Take me into the mindset of somebody that like, gets all this stuff together because you're planning it all and you're cultivating all this stuff and you're putting it all together. But you're like, I'm putting all this stuff together because it's going to be in my body. Like, <laughs> it's like I, I'm buying all this stuff and it's going to hurt me and it's going to hurt my friends. Um, that's It's kind of a, a little bit masochistic, I guess. It is like Masochistic and therapeutic, yeah. big time. Yeah. Because, yeah, it, it is, you know, your artistic and creative side comes out when you're like, I wonder what I can build. It's going to look really cool visually and hopefully not kill me. <laughs> but still, like, make it look like it kills me and not send me to the hospital. Um, it's a balance to walk. Yeah, and it's it's like the old, you know, where do you buy the fake chairs and the fake barbed wire from back in the day. Mm-hmm. None of this stuff's gimmicked. Like, yeah. you, so the glass we use, the painter glass we use, up until recently, I'll tell that story in a tick, but we were scouring Gumtree and Facebook Marketplace for old shower screens. Yeah. Because they're made of the right type of glass. They're, they're tempered, the tempered right. glass. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we don't have a situation like we saw at ICW. Um, yeah, so going... And I go and buy 25 shower screens. And then me and Callan Butcher um, and Will, who's doing a documentary on DMDU, sit in my garage for four hours pulling all the frames off them, not knowing if they're the right kind of glass until we take the frames off and see the edge and go, oh, crap, wrong kind of glass. Okay, Uh, that one's right. All right, take that one off, polish it, put it aside. Um, And then coming across, yeah, a guy on Marketplace who was selling 40 shower screens. So that's what most of our storage unit is at the moment. It's yeah. a stack about shoulder high, just of shower screens. Then in the next two weeks, we have to pull all the frames up. Um, it's a it's a constant, you know. Oh, what can we do now? What can we do now? And I've got a gazillion ideas and all the stipulations in the tournament. They're not all influenced by me, obviously, um, but I'm I'm pretty happy with what we've got. I guess for a first deathmatch tournament in Australia, there is a little bit of everything. Yeah, oh, that that's awesome, man. The um, yeah, the the prep work and stuff. It must feel like, you know, as you you put together all the glass and you painstakingly take off all this stuff and then you polish it up all nice. You're like, and this is going to be destroyed in twenty thousand pieces. I hope yeah, it destroys it, well. <laughs> I guess there is. You, we've got one shot. Yeah. Nuts. And it was like the first time we did the painter glass with Charlie Evans. That one we got ordered specially. Yeah. Uh, and then we kind of worked out, oh, okay, it's just this. Why did we pay so much money for this one piece of glass? Yeah. But six people carrying it, you know, with gloves on really, really gingerly down the stairs into the building. I'm like, do not drop this fucking paint glass because we don't have a spare. Yeah. <laughs> Where now, like I said, we've got a container full of them. It's like, yeah, who cares? Like, yeah. we'll do a test break just to make sure it works and just throw a hammer at it in the corner of the room. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and make sure it shatters in the right way and then you're good to go. Bingo. <laughs> nice, man. 
Uh, it, it is uh, it is crazy how far you guys have come. When we spoke, it was back, you know, before the first show. You've obviously had many since then. You had a heavyweight title tournament, um, and then yeah, everything got shut down for a while. So, w- what's it feel like when you're you're hitting full speed like that? Everybody's talking about you. It's live on IWTV, and then really, we thought we were kind of past all the the lockdowns, and the, then the brakes get pulled on you again, man. It must it mustn't have been a great um, place to be standing. It's sometimes I've got to pinch myself. Um, it doesn't feel real. The position that we sit in under a year of actively running shows. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't thank our fan base enough. And obviously people like yourself for, for continuing to talk about us. And I mean, the things, you know, when we started the things that we said, we were going to hang our hat on, you know, the inclusivity, the, commitment to safety as well as gratuitous violence. Um, we're sitting there going, fuck, this might not work. And everyone might think we're ridiculous. We're just going to do this for ourselves. But, it, you know, the combination of everything you mentioned, like IWTV and such, has really worked. Um, and, it, and it is super cool. And, you know, as it looked like the, the fog was starting to clear with COVID, some of the connections we were making, some of the things we were booking in um, were, were unbelievable. Like we were meant to travel in a state, we we're meant to travel internationally, you know. And then, like you said, we all got locked down and the brakes got pulled on, and we just got to kind of sit here. And it was just Melbourne and Sydney, and we've got to watch the rest of the country not pass us by. But we're sitting here, you know, using a race car analogy, we've pulled into the pits for a tire change, and oh shit, you know, something seriously wrong. We're going to sit here and just watch the rest of the race going. So it's it was really frustrating. Um, but it gave us time to kind of take stock and gear up for 2022. Um, obviously, the landscape here in Melbourne is about to change again. Uh, Renegades of Wrestling is an amazing new project um, with some really great people behind it, but they're coming in on top as well. So we've got a bit of time to kind of cement where we sit in terms of the scene here in Melbourne and try and do our best to make sure that we're not the flash in the pan for when they come through because, you know, they're going to be doing amazing stuff as well. Obviously, MCW's still running, PCW's firing on all cylinders. The Melbourne scene's about to go crazy again. So where we we were happy to kind of have that break to line up what 2022 looks like for us. Well, I mean, you guys learnt the first time, like when the first lockdowns happened, it, it meant pushing everything back and you spent that time really honing stuff and it put you in the best possible position leading into the, the first show. So that happens again, and it's like, okay, we know what to do with this time. We know how to focus uh, on what needs to be done. We can overhaul things. We can look at things and continue to make the best product possible. So, I mean, is it, as long as it's not wasted time, it's still useful time. Yeah, exactly. And, I mean, the, it's, the landscape here is ever-changing. Um, you can now count on two hands the amount of people who have retired in the last six months who are just... You know, for, for, for a variety of reasons, whether it be tenure, whether it be injury, whether it be, you know, um, being sick of the lockdowns or, or whatever, um, you know, so, some that have affected us and some that haven't, not being able to kind of tell the stories we wanted to with those kind of people, like Richie Taylor, obviously, yeah. being the main one, he's our, our heavyweight champion at the moment, and has said he's hanging them up, he's only got one more match in him, so... Um, again, it'll all probably be announced by the time this goes to air, but Richie will vacate the title, uh, peer pressure from dead people, the show after the tournament, uh, and we'll crown a new champion in the not too distant future, building up to his last match, obviously when the capacity limits are off. Um, so we can have as many people there to see him off as possible. You know, that kind of, that, that kind of stuff sucks really bad. Um, there are, there are talent in the US and in Japan that obviously we had our eyes on and were talking to and stuff like that. And then, then you know, they'll retire yeah. um, very suddenly and stuff like that and, and the rug gets pulled out from under you in that breath as well. So the, that kind of stuff in the environment we're in and in this kind of timeline of COVID is just stuff that we're constantly juggling. But it, it is what it is. You know, we can't influence any of these things happening. We just kind of have to, you know, to, to quote another deathmatch wrestling promoter, roll with the punches as best we can. <laughs> Exactly. And if you spend all your, you know, energy on thinking about all the things that could happen if it wasn't COVID and and blah, 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 that's just like a mental pit to go down. You know what I mean? A frustration and negativity and things like that. Because 
whenever I start to feel like that, I, I also kind of feel like, well, maybe things wouldn't be this way that it is now if if we didn't, you know what I mean? Deathmatch really picked up over COVID and, uh, I don't know, at least in my eyes, and IWTV came more into focus and I feel like all of that stuff happened and it, and it gave you guys the opportunity to sort of hit that platform and maybe if COVID didn't happen, maybe that doesn't happen the way it does, you know what I mean? So it's kind of like maybe it's all for a reason, you know? It's the, I agree, the I agree, I agree yeah. completely, yeah. Um, this timeline goes all right, all yeah. things considered. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, Deathmatch Wrestling carried especially the U.S. Mm-hmm. independent scene through the pandemic. Yeah. Um, the ability to run outdoor shows lends itself to death matches. Yeah. The biggest indie in the United States happens to be a death match indie. Yeah. So it, do- it does all work really well. Obviously, everyone's sitting at home with nothing to do. We're looking for streaming services. And IWTV is, you know, one of the best for, like, for money ones out there. So it did draw a lot of uh, eyes to us, yeah. both domestically and more so internationally, uh, really, really early. That that was the thing that still kind of blows me away, that, you know, we have fans all over the world. And when, you know, things happen, for example, like, you know, sadly, Matt's Warner's out of the NGI. Yeah. Um, this year, he, he's broken his leg and he's out of the NGI. And, you know, they put up the who do you want to see put into the NGI. And people like, you know, Callum Butcher and myself are getting tagged. And I'm like, how do you all know who the fuck we are on the other side of the planet? Like, what? That's, that's what IWTV does because it doesn't matter. I'm a, I'm a guy that talks into his cupboard in Perth, Western Australia. And 90% of the content I do is about American indies because IWTV is what I watch all the time, you know. All my interviews since yourself have, you know, 90% of them are with deathmatch wrestlers just because sort of the way my journey just sort of tumbled out, you know what I mean? You talk to one guy and it leads to another and everybody's so cool. I didn't intend to be doing that and doing the interviews that I have done. I wasn't even intending to really do interviews until I just got excited about Deathmatch Down Under and spoke to you. You know what I mean? Now mm. it's it's only just over a year, and it's like all I do is interviews, basically, like with a few, yeah, you know, and, and bonus. you get to talk to the best Deathmatch wrestlers in the world. You get to talk to, you know, Stanley Cup winners. You know. <laughs> it's, been, it's been crazy. And I count these people some of, like, my really good friends now. You know what yeah. I mean? And I, I thank IWTV for it because it's the reason. Like, it is, like, like, you know, like, I mean, Deathmatch Down Under is because I got excited about it. But even then, I probably had I not paid for that IWTV membership during COVID because I wanted to support wrestlers in some way. Like, I had, mm. had done a free trial and stuff, and I knew about it, and I wanted to watch GCW. And at the time, they were with IWTV, and, I, and everyone's like, you know, watch as much stuff as you can on IWTV because re- the wrestlers get a kickback from it, whatever it may be. And I was like, I'm going to buy an annual membership. I'm just going to watch whatever I can. I would just leave it running in the other room and stuff like that, you know? Yeah. Started with ICW No Holds Barred. It kicks off. Obviously, GCW falls away. Like, they do the Acid Cup. ICW No Holds Barred kicks off. I stuck in really into it, and it just sort of affected everything, you know? Mm-hmm. And that then put you guys on my radar more and, and everything like that. So, yeah, it's wild. It's wild. And I, I think, uh, yeah, like you said, this timeline goes all right because <laughs> a lot of stuff wouldn't have happened if, if not for, for that, you know, when it sort of forced people to be creative and think outside the box. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So let's get into the tournament, man. Um, sure. It's going to – also, Sam came. That's pretty cool. You can you can yeah. never you can never change timelines now, right? <laughs> no, not at all. Uh, I, I love Sammy to death. Exactly, that's awesome. How are you gonna just a quick quick sideline before we jump in the tournament? How are you gonna handle Daddy's a deathmatch wrestler? <laughs> As it um, I I cross that bridge when I come to it. I'm always super open with that kind of stuff. Yeah. The whole point of deathmatch is to look like we're dying and not actually die. Yeah. Um. So as long as I come home okay at the end of it. Yeah. We'll be all right. Exactly right. And he's, you know, daddy's hurting for a reason, and, you know. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, right. Honestly, like I read, you know, like McFoley's book and how he yeah. tackled it with his kids and <laughs> stuff like that. And like that that's a big thing. Yeah. Uh, and listen to those kind of interviews and how he's kind of, you know, woven that thread through. So it, it's very much I'll cross that bridge when I come to it. But I'm, I'm pretty confident we'll be able to tackle it. Yeah, absolutely. I think openness and stuff, like if you're not like hiding it from them, it's probably the best way to do it, you know. Yeah, I'm not I mean? hiding it. I'm not kayfabing my son. Yeah, like exactly. <laughs> Daddy's out there in the bar, son. He's fucking <laughs> fighting for money and shit. All right, man. The dream tournament. 
let's get down to it. Death rules everything around me. The name is so fucking cool. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it started off as a gag between all of us and then we're like shit we have to name this tournament something yeah and we were throwing around a lot of ideas the other idea that came uh to fruition really early was the um tournament of hate mm-hmm. which is the legendary backyard tournament from the east coast mm-hmm. back in the day there was five or six of them and if you look real closely you see some pros yeah okay. in that tournament as well uh-huh. um but Overseas, in terms of deathmatch wrestling, pre-DMDU, all everybody knew was Mad Dog, Cracker Jack, and TOH. Yeah. So we were looking at doing TOH, and we reached out to the guys, and that may still happen in the future. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, yeah, I bought a Wu-Tang shirt at a vintage sale, <laughs> and I saw it, and I went, oh, yeah, that might work. I pitched it to the guys, and we all kind of laughed it off. And then we came back to it a couple of months later, and went, that might actually work. And then... It did, and it's 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 run, and I'm I'm really glad that's the name we went with. Yeah, it's it's really cool, man. Obviously, it's synonymous with Wu Tang, which is awesome. The merch opportunities are killer, uh, and plus, it it stands out. You know, like it's it's going to be really different from everything else, and I, I think uh, it's caught the imagination of a lot of people online and stuff like that. So, and your promo videos and stuff have been killer leading up to it. Um, let's break down the brackets and maybe we'll do it in reverse order and we'll, we'll come around to sort of your match last. So um, so all the way down on this right corner, we've got the rematch between Damien Rivers and Callan Butcher. They were the headliners of the very first uh, event. And uh, in the, what was it, 100 light tubes? How many? A million? I yeah, 100, 100 light tubes. Yeah. 100? Yeah, exactly. 100,000 100 light, light tubes. and a projector. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Did the did the projector die? Oh, I think it. I think it broke. Yeah, yeah. that was the one rule of that venue, wasn't it? Don't hit the projector. Don't hit the projector. And, and the demo hit the projector yeah. with a giant stack of tubes, like yeah. the biggest, the biggest <laughs> tower of all time. Hilarious. So, provided there's no run in by the projector in this match, how do you think uh, it's going to go? What do you have to? So, again, I'm happy to give you a couple of scoops because they're, they're all getting announced in the next day or two. So the stipulation for that one is... Um, so when we were writing the stipulations, it's a combination of wanting to, to do, try and do some original stuff that's authentically us yeah. and authentically Australian, as well as kind of pay a little bit of tribute to, you know, the, the death matches that have influenced us previously yeah. as well. So that one is a jack-in-the-box death match. Now, the only jack-in-the-box death match that's been done was DJ Hyde versus Thumbtack Jack Okay. from, I want to say, TOD 8. I'm probably wrong. Um, but it's cinder blocks and light tubes, and then our take on it is there are three mystery boxes ah, okay. that will also be on the aprons for, for them to delve into. And obviously... <laughs> Both of their track records. I've got an idea of what are going to be in those boxes. It's going to be fucking disgusting. <laughs> um, but I've heard we haven't had the promos that those two have cut for for this tournament yet. But it, it is very much running back the first. It is yeah. the first deathmatch tournament. Um, they headlined the first show, the first 100 light tube deathmatch in Australia. Um, they're destined to keep crossing paths. And, I mean, Kalano's demo one. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Damien Rivers, you know, has, has dealt a little bit with injury and stuff and hasn't been on every show, but is still undefeated in singles death matches. Yeah. Um, he hasn't taken a fall, I think, in the entire company, even in tags. He's not the one who takes the fall. Yeah. So, he's... um. I think he's the dark horse in this one. Everyone kind of forgets because yeah. he isn't at the top of all the cards yeah. and stuff like that, but he's knocked off everyone. Yeah, yeah. Um, not, not only, obviously, deathmatch wrestlers like myself and, and Callum, but knocked off JXT uh, as well and, you know, things like that. He's a crusher in, you know, three out of five panes of glass and yeah. stuff like that. He, he's really, really effective in those singles deathmatches, and I think he can you know, definitely go all the way. Well, absolutely. He had like that little bit of a setback. And so he he came off that big win and sort of got slowed down a little bit. And so, and then, you know, Callum picked up steam and had the, the rivalry with Guido and, and everything like that. And so it's easy for people to forget that, that he took, he took it to him, you know, he was that first winner. And so I imagine that he's going to be looking to show everybody who he is. You know, he's, I know he's one of the original, you know, deathmatch guys along with yourself, like he was coming to you and was trying to rep this stuff like way 
before a lot of people. So I'm sure he'll have a lot to prove in the first ever tournament. Big time. Absolutely. And then you can't understate the hunger of Callum Butcher. It's like it's well known, you know what I mean? He's he's shown it time and time again, so positive and, and so hungry. Callum for me is so positive and so hungry, but and I know he's not gonna like me saying this, but he's a choke artist. I, I, I love the, the guy to death and we get along really well, but in those clutch situations, whether it be the title match with Guido or the match with Damian Rivers, he pinned Guido three different times in preview tags. Yeah. But when it came to the crunch, he couldn't get him. So, it, like, whether, whether he's psyching himself out with this nobody moniker that he's got yeah. or if, if it's something else, he, he doesn't deliver in the clutch. Uh, and his track record proves that. So if you sit there and, you know, moneyball this thing out and just look purely at numbers, Callan's not one of the top four seeds in this tournament. And it, and it's like, if he can get to that final, is it, is that another choke situation or can he? Well, well can that's he it. You know, this, through, is, huh? this tournament is clutch it, it, and it's clutched the whole way through. Yeah. Um, he's obviously learning. Yep. every match and getting more confident and also more vicious. Um, you saw that in the York match that they had in Ballarat. They beat the shit out of one another. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I can't wait to see how it goes. There's a lot of stories interwoven throughout the tournament. Yeah, absolutely. So, and I, I'm... Stalling a little because I'm trying to bring the brackets up because I don't actually know where they go after the first round. But I'm 95% sure that they go, you know, the winner of that runs into familiar territory as well. Yeah, it's so basically the winner of Damien Rivers and Callum Butcher will then Got be it. facing, yeah. yeah, the winner of Mad Dog and Vixen. Okay, yep, cool. Yeah, I've got the graphic up now. Sorry, it took me a minute. Um, exactly. Friends of Callum Butcher. Yeah, no, no, I should little. know where these things are kept on the internet, but I don't. Um, yeah, so it's there's a lot going on. I mean, and I'm sure we'll touch on it uh, in the not-too-distant. There are three members of IVC in this as well, the International Violence Connection. Yep. Um, are all there. You'd be silly to not think that they're probably going to strategize something. Yeah. Um, if they all win, do you know what I mean? They're, they're all on war paths at some point. They're going to have to put that alliance aside. Yeah. It, it can go, you know, a lot of different ways. Absolutely. Then the, in the next round, it's going to be interesting because we're looking at Mad Dog and Vixen, two Australian deathmatch legends. And, and we're talking first round of a deathmatch tournament. This could be a final anywhere in the world. Anybody that's going to run into either of these people is going to be in a lot of trouble. <laughs> Correct. And I mean, like, Mad Dog's history speaks for itself. Kasai, Takeda, Freedoms, all that kind of stuff. Fixing Diana uh, in Japan, obviously. Barbed wire matches over there as well. Um, you're right. They're both legends. They're, it's the only match that doesn't have IVC influence. And we just – they don't get given the platform to really rip each other to shreds all that often. Yeah. A lot of times they're on the same team. Uh, and they'll always continue to back each other up. Obviously, they're very close, but they ha they haven't really been given a platform with the reins off, mm -hmm. and that's kind of where that came from. The homegrown deathmatch stipulation that got announced today is a kind of a tough one to explain. Yeah. Um, it's it's kind of yeah, it's just a different take on like a more of a classic Japanese deathmatch. Um, instead of like lots of pits. So instead of like pits of thumbtacks, they're doing what they call barbed wire tacks, which is you essentially snip all the barbs oh, off no. the wire yeah. into like little Ugh. kind of spurs. Morning yeah, 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 spurs, yeah. morning stars, um, and, and things like that. So they're just kind of like looking at reinventing some classic weapons for it. Yeah. Um, it looks absolutely insane, the the diagrams and stuff that Mad Dog sent me the other day. So I, I'm super excited to see how that plays out and then, obviously, regardless of who advances out of those four, that semi-final match is going to be crazy. Yeah. Um, and the stipulation for that semi is ladders and light tubes. Okay. 
which is the Nick Mondo JC Bailey stipulation from TOD two, if yeah. I'm not mistaken. Um, yeah, TOD two. Um, so yeah, like like this, there's a lot going into that. Mad Dog and Vixen are probably the two people most tailor made for this tournament. They've been doing this so long yeah. and not had that opportunity to kind of be able to, whether it's a trophy or a belt, go. I'm the best country at this. So with both of their tenures aside, they've still got so much to prove in this one. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, that's going to be an absolute bind burner. But uh, I mean, we're, I'm going to keep saying that throughout this entire lineup. <laughs> yeah. We flip we flop over to the like the other side of the, the bracket and you're talking the super experienced Guido, uh, the total violence champion versus Atlas Whitaker. And now it's my understanding that Atlas Whitaker had his first death match against you. Correct. Recently. So he's yes. he's definitely the re- the real rookie in this tournament. Um and he's going against arguably one of the most experienced guys in the, this tournament. So that's uh, not going to be an easy run for him. We ran a show a few months ago called The Burden of Experience. And I think in this tournament that rings truer than ever. I've got my eye on Atlas, not only because he's on my side of the brackets, but the match I have with him, he was wrestling not a traditional deathmatch style. Yeah. And going in with a traditional deathmatch mindset and thinking of thing, you know, you're expecting offense to come a certain way with a certain rhythm in a certain direction. And Atlas doesn't wrestle that style. Mm-hmm. He wrestles a very technical style and a very hard hitting style traditionally, and then doesn't really vary from that game plan, just kind of works within the environment he's given, which in the match we have was a bunch of light tubes. Um, but doing like British wrestling sequences whilst holding light tubes yeah. or whilst I've got a light tube and, you know, I'm expecting him to, to throw like a clothesline at me. So I duck, but I duck my head and he hits me with an up knee and a European uppercut and rolls me up. Like, Where'd that come from? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like it, it, it's literally coming from, from places you don't expect. Yeah. Guido, Guido's pedigree is obviously well established he's the Agua total violence champion trained by you know former xpw alumni one of the best deathmatch wrestlers on the west coast of the u.s has i guarantee you hasn't come up against someone like atlas before um so i think that's a, that you know styles make matches and this is very much styles make matches their stipulations fans bring the weapons um which is always a lot of fun when people actually remember to bring weapons. Um, but yeah, I like, hopefully, you know, the punters do some, some fun stuff and come up with some crazy ideas. And, um, it, it, and that's the thing as well, you know, the, the weapons that are bought by the punters is the third variable in that match. Yeah. You don't really know what you're getting until you get out there and have a chance to have a look around and you, you don't have as much time to formulate a game plan. Yeah. No, it's it, like, how are you supposed to form a game plan when you don't know what's there? You know what I mean? You're yeah. like maybe expecting light tubes and the next thing you know, you've got a unicorn helmet with a gusset plate as the horn. Yeah, like, you've, got, <laughs> you've got a pinata full of hard candy. You're like, what the fuck am I going to do with that? Exactly. Um, when you're, and I, and I can't speak for everybody else in the tournament, but myself, when I'm putting together a strategy for a death match, looking at, obviously, I try and make sure I've got a diagram of what I'm walking into mm-hmm. um, beforehand. So I'll, I'll kind of sit there and go, okay, I'm keeping my eye on that particular element because I believe I can win the match with that element. Yes. Um, whether, whether that's a pane of glass or a particular bundle of tubes or if I've got an idea on how to utilize something, I'll be looking for that kind of, you know, killing blow. Fans bring the weapons completely takes any kind of planning in terms of what elements you have available to you out the window you have to think on the fly just got to kind of run your eyes over everything that's there and go right you know that brick wrapped in barbed wire is going to do a hell of a lot more damage than that guitar hero guitar yeah um i'm going to keep my eye on that brick not only because i want to use it offensively but i also don't want to be on the receiving end of it yeah exactly right and so yeah i mean when you kind of paint that picture maybe that plays into Atlas's strengths a little bit because he's not conventional, is not expecting certain things, and he's just going to stay in his lane. 
and then work within it. So that does it that does paint a uh, a pretty kind of you know convincing picture for him. That said, though, Guido likes to bring the death, and he's been caught up. Uh, for quite a few months now, not able to do that, <laughs> and he'll be uh, he'll be in a frenzy of violence. Guido is the only person in this tournament who's been in a deathmatch tournament before. Yeah, he has that experience. Yeah, uh, he's done Crimson Crown a couple of times now, mm. uh, and wrestled some pretty big names in it. If you go back and look through, you know, cage match and stuff like that. So he he's got the experience there, and I think if he can get past Atlas, obviously. I owe him one, mm-hmm. and him and York obviously are in the IBC together. So he he doesn't have an easy road to the top. But I think I, I genuinely think Alice is the you know the chaos theory for all of us mm-hmm. in the tournament. Yeah, no, that's 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 really interesting. Uh, I was uh, almost feeling like it would almost be a foregone conclusion, and I hadn't considered any of that. So that that's a really interesting um, turn of events. Will Guido? be defending his title in the tournament? No. Um, it's not It's not an Agua-sanctioned tournament. Yeah. It's not necessarily fair on Agua. Mm-hmm. They like to... When they, they do Agua Total Violence title matches, they do like to vet the challenges a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. And kind of, and kind of sign off on a title match. A tournament's not, you know, that opportunity. But... And again, I don't know if we've announced it. I believe we have, and it may have just got lost in the shuffle. This tournament is for a title belt yes. as well. Yeah. Um, it's for the Australian Deathmatch title. So the exactly. the NDU Australian Deathmatch title. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, the, we, we talked about potentially putting Agor up for it as well. But, um, yeah, who knows? Guido could walk out with two belts at the end of it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I couldn't re- I couldn't remember if the, the title, the Australian Deathmatch title was the prize at the end of it. But yeah, I would completely understand it just being focused on that new title um, and, and and going into that. So then we're up the top of the bracket and it is the one and only Joel Bateman versing uh, the weight of the world, York. Um, that's uh, quite a roadblock you've got to get through. Holy fuck, right? Um, <laughs> that, that was my reaction when I got the draw initially. Um I don't know who I pissed off to get York first round, but I mean, none of the other six are an easy, an easy first round no. either. York has taken the deathmatch wrestling like a duck to water, like he's been doing it his whole life. Mm-hmm. Um, York's an amazing talent. Like I, I, I loved watching him wrestle in Adelaide. Obviously, you guys got to experience him in Perth for a while as well. Um, and, and now that he's here, he, he's he came and saw a show and went, "Holy shit, deathmatches look amazing! I want to do a deathmatch." He said, all right, cool, have a crack. And he did it and was brilliant in it. We went, holy shit. And he's like, that was fun. I want to do more. Um, and he just, he's like a sponge. He just absorbs everything. Like very few talents have had as little death matches as York has and are now starting to knock off some really big names. He beat Callum Butcher clean in the middle of the ring in Ballarat. Do you know what I mean? Um, he's... Worked his he he's come within inches of beating Mad Dog. He's come within inches of beating pretty much you know all of us. So he, he's, he's super super tough. Um, his style and the light tube stipulation that we've got light tube lunacy, which is just whatever we can build out of light tubes. Really, I told you, I've got thirteen hundred <laughs> of the fucking things. Whatever we can build, we can build. We all get to the building. I think call time. I think we get to the building about nine a.m. and the show doesn't start till seven thirty. Um, building so shit. we have yeah. <laughs> building shit. Yeah, awesome. He works a very fast-paced style. He's deceptively quick for a bloke his size. Like it's not the big guy, little guy match, and he doesn't necessarily have the miles on him that I do. He's been wrestling for a really long time, but he's you know his body's probably in the best condition it's been in a really long time. I can't say the same. Um, I'm I'm dead set nervous because I reckon he can get me. Like I'm not confident that it's a foregone conclusion yeah, well, that I get past York. Yeah. Um, and I've been watching the way he wrestles and and watching his all the tag matches and you know the matches he's had with um even you know the first matches he had with us with like Zuzu and stuff like that, just trying to get his style down 
and he's so quick and so impactful. Like the un- the only person I can kind of compare him to is like Shigehiro Iri or like Ilya Dragunov. Yeah. In terms of he's got that, he's a really quick first step, and then puts everything he's got behind everything he does. It's very hard to defend against. Yeah. Like I, I'm very comfortable wrestling defensively, mm-hmm. whether it be a singles match or a death match. York's really hard to wrestle defensively against because he doesn't necessarily give you the time to to set up rope dopes and stuff like that. He's just on you. Um, so I, I've got a couple of ideas, but I don't necessarily. Yeah, like I said, it's not a foregone conclusion. It's not going to take much for him with a shitload of glass around us. If he wrestles conventionally, I like to his conventional style. I'm screwed. The only thing I'm kind of banking on is nerves. Well, if he's if he's nervous and hesitates, I've got a shot. If he tries to run through me like a Mack truck, I'm in trouble. Yeah. Well, well, that's the thing, right? Like, for you to tell me now that he's you know not a veteran of of deathmatch, I would have never have known it because he's always presented like he is. You know what I mean? I wouldn't have known that I was watching you know some of his first deathmatch work. Uh, I would have thought he was a very experienced person. That said, yeah, that. It, it, Oh yeah. Oh yeah, I was gonna say that said, um your point's very valid in like you're like nerves play a part, it's a big tournament. And has he been through that much glass before? You know this what I mean? His, this is his first time using glass. Exactly. And that's something that you're very familiar with, you know. Uh very kind of familiar. what I'm ba- kind of what I'm banking on, because yeah. like I said, he can I know he can beat me. Yeah. I've watched him beat people better than me in quick succession. Mm-hmm. But if he hesitates, I've got a chance. Absolutely. If, if he doesn't, I'm fucked. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, the other the other element of the the glass is your blood, right? Like uh, mm-hmm. Akira said this when I interviewed him. We talked about uh, his ill fated match that he had with Alex Ocean. Um, mm. Two amazing guys that have both been on the show, and they both talked about this match that everybody was very hyped for. They were the two young, up-and-coming guys in ICW No Holds Barred, but Alex Ocean had been through a war previous to that. He had lost a lot of blood in his match uh, with John Wayne Murdoch, I believe it was. Then he goes to the match with uh, with Akira, and he probably shouldn't have. And the, the term that Akira used was, the guy couldn't handle his blood. He was like, he he got too faint, he, he couldn't fight through it, and and I got got the better of him, you know? For you, if you can make York bleed a lot and he doesn't have that kind of experience and stuff like that, maybe that's a road that you can be looking at because that's something that you're used to that is, is alien to him, you know? No, you're 100% yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. It's something across the tournament, like, and it, it, it's going to be really interesting because... There's uncharted waters for all of us. Yes. None of us have done three in a day. Yeah. I've done three in a week, not three in a day. Wow. So, you know, wrestling defensively and wrestling conservatively, you want to try and conserve energy. You don't want to get marked up. You want to make sure you've got some blood in you going into the later rounds. We've probably got the, the, the most, I guess, yeah, cuttable stipulation of the first yes, round. Like, yes. We both have the potential. We have the most amount of glass by a large margin. We have both have the potential to, you know, leave a lot of it in the first round, which then, you know, puts us on the back foot going further. So at, at one point, you know, I want to wrestle defensively, but I also kind of need to to mark York up yeah. because you're, yeah. you're right. You know, like if you don't know how to control your adrenaline, you can go into shock. Yeah. And that's game over. Yeah. I, I remember the Alex Ocean Akira match talking about, and yeah, he came out and he just like, he's in trouble. Yeah. Before he it even started, begun, he he was, he was not, he shouldn't have even been there. You know, agreed. like, yeah, yeah he's, exactly. he's starting at 30% and it's just yeah. like, okay. Um, the, you're exactly right. So if I can get York cut and, you know, losing energy, if it becomes a war of attrition, again, I've probably got a shot. Slowing down that freight train that is York, that might be the way to do it. Yeah. Um, and then the other thing I do want to talk about, just off topic, because it's not something that we wanted to announce, we do have a couple of alternates there on the day as well. 
Oh, wow. Okay. Just in just, case. Just, just in case. So the show can go on if something yeah. goes wrong. Uh, if something does happen, uh, Will Walker and Kid Valiant are both in a non-tournament tag team match mm-hmm. later in the show, like uh, the, between the semis and the finals. Okay. Um, but they have also signed on as alternates in the event that, you know, one of us can't continue, they can step in as an alternate. Yeah, wow. Will Walker was very impressive when he stepped in as an alternate for you. Like, to, I'm sorry, to, against fucking you. fucking day that was, Jesus. Yeah, um, that was, it was stressful, but that was like one of my favourite uh, deathmatch down under deathmatches. And and they could just jumped in like at a moment's notice. It was great. And because he'd been on, the story of Will Walker from that day uh, is really, really remarkable. He was originally not on the card. Yeah, wow. Um, Guido thought he had COVID. Um, he had COVID symptoms and elected to pull himself from the show, which yeah. we appreciate. So Will Absolutely. got to the building. I'm like, you got your tights? He said, yeah. I said, cool. You got a death match with Vix. Um, <laughs> he was like, oh, fuck. I'm sorry, what? <laughs> yeah. Because um, he'd been asking for a death match. He'd been asking for the opportunity because he'd see he'd obviously done a couple of shows with us where he'd seen them live. Um, very similar story to York. Mm-hmm. And then when Crusher got hurt in the main event, what we cut from IWTV, Kid Valiant had been asking for a death match as well. And I got on the microphone after we stopped the match and I said, well, look, you people have paid for a main event. We'll give you one. Kid Valiant, put your fucking tights on. Yeah. Like, get in the ring. And he actually had a panic attack. Oh, just because he, he hadn't been expecting it or preparing for it. No, he wasn't ready for a death match. He was yeah. like, you know, in, in his track pants, hanging out yeah. at the back, just relaxing. Yeah. And then he hears me call him out and goes, fuck, I can't do it. Yeah. Which is fine. And I'm glad he didn't try because I would have hate for him to get in there nervous because that's when shit goes bad. And Callum comes up to me as we're helping Crusher out of the ring and he's like, Kid Valiant won't do the match. And I said, okay. And he's like, you've got me or you've got Will. And I said, Will? He's like, yeah, Will wants to do it. And I immediately kind of, the promoter switch in my head flickered for half a second. I'm like, I don't want to give you a me away. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, it, it's, on no you belt. know, two of the, the main guys. So, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, said, I won't give it a slur away on no belt. So give me Will, and Will gets in, and I looked him up and down, and he's got these big Doc Martens on, skinny jeans, yeah. no knee pads, no ta- no tape. He still had his gold chain on around his neck, and I'm like, do you want to take your chain off? And he's like, no. Nah. I said, are you sure you want to do this? He's like, yeah. I said, okay, cool hit me uh and (laughs) off we went and like it was the closest thing to quote unquote real as it gets because he wasn't the bloke i was planning on facing no you guys are just calling it on the fly we called everything in the ring um i left that match missing a good chunk of my scalp um, that Canadian destroyer took yeah. a good chunk of my scalp, yeah. uh, and it's probably the final nail in the coffin of me growing hair. Um, <laughs> I think I'm destined to be bald for now. But um, yeah, it, it was uh, it was a lot of fun, and, and Will really showed out. Yeah. Like when we had the availability issue with Fox, um, who sadly can't make the show. Yeah. You know, Will was in the the conversation to to replace him. We ended up obviously going with Guido, um, but. That's why we've got Will as the alternate there because I believe, you know, you could swap any of the eight of us out for Will and, you know, he, he kind of fits into that Atlas role where, you know, the the burden of experience for all the uh, more tenured talent coming in as a fresh face and not really knowing how it works is actually to your benefit yeah. going into this because you don't have tried and true strategies and situations to, to kind of set yourself up for failure. Absolutely. Plus, you've got a bit more tread on the tyres. Uh, you, you know, you maybe haven't been through those wars. It's just the thing, right? It's just the experience and the, the head on a swivel and being able to keep your composure is, the, is yep. the difference in those kind of situations. Big time. Absolutely. So if you can get through York or York gets through you, uh, and then the same with Guido and Atlas. What kind of stipulation are we looking at in the semi? So the other semi-final, I believe, is what we're calling fuckery boards. Okay. It's seven. It, it's essentially it's an assimilation of Guido's and my total violence title match back in January, and the match that Crusher and I were meant to have in Ballarat. Right. Um. 
gross boards, so things like cut cans, steak knives, gusset plates, light tubes, uh, maybe a razor board, I'm not sure. Um, they make me real nervous. Yeah. Um, yeah, that, that kind of stuff, like trying to, and maybe a bit of barbed wire as well. So, so just trying to change it up, uh, instead of climbing up, you know, instead, instead of having obviously ladders and a lot of glass, yeah. trying to dial back the glass on the other side of, of the brackets to kind of leave something for the final. Mm-hmm. And then the final stipulation is what we're calling, um, the dream stipulation plus shark cage. So <laughs> obviously the shark cage will be in the corner with about 40 light tubes threaded through it. Jeez. So if you get Irish whipped into the shark cage, blah, 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 all the way through. Um, but it's also sturdy enough to stand on top of. Mm-hmm. We'll have light tube ropes, panes of glass in the corners, and barbed wire platforms level with the ring apron on the floor. Jesus. Yeah. We were, we were looking at doing no rope barbed wire. Honestly, the only reason we're not is logistics. Yeah. Um, the amount of time it takes to set that kind of matchup uh, runs into the show. Absolutely. It, unlike most deathmatch tournaments to start in the mid-afternoon, we start at a normal time. It's only an, a, you know, so what do we got? One, two, three, four, five, six. It's an eight-match card. Yeah. But I don't want the show to run, you know, like you hear about the tournaments in the US that run for six hours because every match has a half an hour set up. Yeah, exactly. Want to avoid that at all costs. Exactly <laughs> right. Plus, I mean, a classic, you know, tubes on the rope, you know, kind of setup is a good one. Plus, it gives you the ability to use the ropes, which is always, you know, can be a little yeah. bit more creative with and it. That, and and that was like the that. other thing. Like, we wanted to to set the standard for tournament finals. Yeah. Both for this tournament and in this country. You know, if anybody else has got the stones to put on a deathmatch tournament. But, um, no, a barbed wire can be limiting. I, I love the no rope barbed wire stipulation. I, I still plan on having the one with fixing touch wood before the end of the year. But when it's not the only stipulation, it's just there to limit your movements. Yeah. So if you add in panes of glass and tubes and stuff with the no rope barbed wire, you, you can't really do anything dynamic. You can't build momentum. It, it, it's, it, it's just a war. You just got to stand there and throw bombs. Yeah. It's not necessarily, you know, the most entertaining or like I said, fast paced or dynamic match. So, so at least leaving the ropes up, whether they're covered in tubes or not, gives us, you know, a little bit more variety. Absolutely. Now, nah, man, this is going to be unbelievable. I can't believe it's here. Finally. Uh, after all this time and i i'm very very excited for it man no i can't wait uh either it's the uh the start of our little run home to the end of the year but yeah this is obviously you know for people like myself and mad dog and demo and and vixen and then really all of us this is the the culmination not only of what we wanted to do with dmdu but all of us since we started wrestling you know we we got into death matches by watching death match tournaments and have always gone wouldn't it be cool we now have the opportunity to do it. Yeah, absolutely. And I have no doubt you guys are going to totally show out. Um, so it's Saturday the 20th of November. There's going to be a lot of people like myself that uh, cannot be there now. Uh, I was going to be. I'm very sad about it. Um, <laughs> when will it be going live on IWTV? Do you know? Oh, it's a great question. Give me two and a half seconds. Because I've got it in a chat. We have, and again, this is a scoop, so if I'm wrong, you didn't hear it from me. <laughs> Be grateful really for far. the scoop. It's, re- <laughs> it's really far up in the fucking group. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I want to say it's the 5th of December. Okay. Um, that might be wrong, but we have three shows that run in three weeks. Mm-hmm. So it's the... I know it airs after Dynamite. Like, we we have the 10 o'clock slot. Let me just look at the calendar. I can probably tell you. Mm-hmm. So it'll air after Dynamite in the States, which is like mid-afternoon for us. That's awesome. So I believe it's the 8th. Oh, yeah. So it'll be the 9th here. The 8th there. Um, of December. Yeah. So it'll air after we get the after Dynamite slot for three weeks in a row, which will be really exciting. Yeah, that's great. Now, that's really cool. I'm also and looking I'm just my looking to see if there are tickets on sale, and I don't think there are. I think we're officially sold out. You've done it again because we sold out, and then <laughs> there's one seat left. If anyone wants fourth row on the far right hand side, that's literally the only way you're getting into the building. <laughs> um, 
that'd be me <laughs> flying over and climbing into that last seat. But, <laughs> but the, uh, the way the world it's only 40 hours. It's only 40 hours. Oh, I'm, I'll start the car now. That's how long it'll take. Have you, have you done that drive yet? No, and I never will. I, I've <laughs> done Perth to Adelaide and it ruined three friendships. <laughs> that, that does not surprise me. When in, uh, oh, yeah, you go. Perth to Adelaide's 30 hours nonstop. Jesus Christ. It's, yeah, it's pretty brutal. It's brutal. <laughs> uh, and I used to get along with everyone in that car really well. And, and I really talked to them. Yeah. It's over now. We, back in the day when like the band was active and stuff, we had this great idea. We released uh, one of our albums and we were like, let's not like just get hotels and stuff. Let's hire a Winnebago and we'll just like fly to, fly to Queensland, we'll start at the top, we'll get in the Winnebago and we'll just drive like the entire East Coast and kind of finish in Adelaide, right? Man, six dudes in a, in a Winnebago living on top of each other as well as that like touring and playing shows. Like oh, it was not a great time. I got the shortest straw ever. Me and like our merch guy that, that came with us, our bed wasn't like the, the one up on the top or the one at the back. It was like the dining table would fold into three pieces <laughs> and that's... That thing had collapsed at night and stuff. And I remember pulling into Melbourne and look like this is, you know, the first stretch or whatever. Pulling into Melbourne and just getting out of the Winnebago and grabbing my van, like bag and just walking off. And the guys are like, Where are you going? And I'm like, The it's show's at nine o'clock tonight, right? And they're like, Yeah. And I'm like, I'll see you there. Because I just couldn't even fucking look at him anymore. I just <laughs> went and like climbed in a cinema on my own. I watched like Batman and like ate breakfast and didn't speak to another human being until nine at night because I was like, I'm going to fucking murder every single one of them. <laughs> I've been there. Yeah, and then we got back and it was like, okay, we're not rehearsing or booking gigs for like three months as we need to like recover from this. And well, these are like some of my best friends. And I need a minute to get over Exactly. It. <laughs> and it's like, I don't hate you guys, but we just can't be together right now for a time, you know? And these are some of my best friends in the world. I still speak to them every week and stuff like that. But I'm like, fuck no, this is, we're not playing music for a while it was it was a nightmare i would not recommend anybody do this don't take your family don't do it with anybody do it on your own or maybe with a close partner but you cannot uh travel with a group of people that far no not at all absolutely fucked so i will not be doing that and (laughs) unfortunately on your own though yeah i probably could do it to be honest i'd probably enjoy the silence it'd be like quite nice but yeah, uh, before the last lockdown, we were we were looking at booking those flights, and we were going to get over. And I was very very excited. I was texting you like, "I'm coming," and then it was like lockdown. And it's like, "I'm not coming." <laughs> I'm not coming. No, but- <laughs> it, was like, it was over. It was fun. But um, your your logo is still on the canvas. I know. I'm very excited about that. That's a like bucket list item for me. Uh, and Joel sent me a sneak peek. So if you guys look in one of the corners. Uh, you're going to see the Faces and Feels logo. So I'm very proud to be sponsoring the tournament, and I can't You've wait to see You've asked for a designated driver right on the logo, which is... That was our deal. I'll, I'll do my best. One, it's in the corner. <laughs> yeah, it's tricky. So whoever's taking it is getting their neck broken. Two, I'm not wrestling anybody light. <laughs> like, if I get past your, like, Atlas, I can get up for it. I definitely can't get Guido up for it. I can't get York up for it. So I've got to at least make it to the second round to be able to, like... Uh, commit to our deal like Look, to, to, to fulfill the deal. All, all I have asked for is for you to win the tournament with your finisher on my logo I didn't think it was too much to ask <laughs> <laughs> and then the photo was like you with the belt and it's like the logo's there and you're covered in blood and stuff like that and then I guess you've got to like cut out the section and post it across Australia and hopefully we don't get like uh, you're not know. the only person who's asked for the section uh, <laughs> after the show that canvas is going to be fucking destroyed I know, it's so this bloody might, crime scene. <laughs> we might post back the eight logos around the central logo, and I think as much as I want to keep the central logo, uh, we might auction it off for charity or something like yeah, that. Yeah, you, d- you definitely should. Um, I think you will get away with posting it, though, because if I can tell you another stupid anecdote of my life uh, of posting bloody crime scene stuff across the world i <laughs> in uh about 2013 my best friend got married in italy his last name's italiano so we went there for obvious reasons right we went to positano mm. and if you've ever been there it's a, an italian coastal town and there's only one road that runs across the top and everything's like cobblestones all the way down to the water to the water yeah yeah, yeah. exactly so the wedding happens 
we're all wearing like grey suits and stuff. We're looking very dapper and very nice. We're we're down and we're partying in this there's a cave on the water. It's called like I don't know, drinks on the rocks or shots on the rocks or something. I'm butchering it, but very drunk, free drinks all night, and it's time to walk home. And me and my wife totter up all the cobblestone stairs. She's in heels. I'm you know wasted. We're getting all the way up. We get to our hotel, which is right near the top. I go through the lobby door and I trip on the entryway straight onto slate tile and just gouge my palms like yeah all my arms and stuff like just properly fuck myself up yeah the, the little <laughs> man comes running over he helps me up and I'm, I'm covered in like blood and stuff and I'm like thanks thanks I get to the room I'm trying to get out of my stuff and things like that I, I try and take smearing my pants. Smearing blood everywhere. Smearing blood everywhere. I try and get out of my pants. I, I kick a hole through them as I get through it. So I rip the crotch out of them completely. I, I have a shower. I go to bed. I wake up in the morning and this fucking place is a crime scene. And the suit is just destroyed, tattered, and covered in blood. And I'm like, I spend a lot of money on this suit. I may be able to fix it. I don't want to throw it in the bin. I cannot carry it around Europe for a month. Looks like I'm going to try and post it home. And nobody, from a remote island in Italy. From a remote island in Italy. I had to wait. There was nowhere. I, could, I couldn't find anywhere. I had to wait till I got to London. And I went to a post office in London, and I had it all bagged up, just like, hey, do you have a post bag? Like, so they couldn't see what it was. And I mailed bloody clothes with no crotch in the pants across the world, and when I got home, they were waiting for me. So I don't know what that says about the postal system, but I know, like, I don't know what kind of like crime scenes are getting mailed around the world. But if you needed to get rid of evidence real quick, it's not the it's not the worst way. <laughs> Just mail it to fucking some remote island or something. I don't know, or, or to your, to a storage facility or something. But, then it re- then it returns to the sender and rocks back up on your front door at the wrong time. Well, yeah, that's why you do it in a foreign country. See, return to sender was just some <laughs> postal service in London. You know what I mean? So, Treat as abandoned. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. So anyway, that has nothing to do with anything, but I just wanted to share it with you. So <laughs> there we go. One of the stupider things that I haven't fit through. All right. So tell everybody where to find Deathmatch Down Under online and all that good stuff, my man. Um, yeah, we're a wrestling promotion out of Melbourne, Australia that does a lot of deathmatches and also a lot of really good wrestling. On Twitter, we are DM Down Under. Instagram and Facebook is Deathmatch Down Under. Um, deathmatchdownunder.com.au is our website where you can find tickets. We have a roster page. No one has roster pages anymore. Um, that's, that's pretty much all the website is at this point, and all the socials are embedded into it. Uh, you can get our merch there. We are also on IWTV. If you don't have an IWTV account, you're a fucking moron. But uh, in, the, in the event that you're looking to get one, use the code DMDU when you sign up. Uh, yes. It does kick back to us a little bit and helps us out and shop IWTV.com for some exclusive merchandise as well. And we're on Deathmatch Worldwide. Yes, you Which are. I keep forgetting. Yes, for all our American friends out there, good friend of the show, Corey Higdon from Deathmatch Worldwide. Uh, if you need your... Uh, Corey is an absolute gem of a human being. I yes. can't say enough good things about him. He's one of my favourites in the entire world. If you guys are looking for more Deathmatch content, I even do a bonus show with him called Faces of Deathmatch uh, on my channel where we review, like... Uh, deathmatch tournaments, like old ones or, or even deathmatch shows. So our next one that we need to record, but life keeps getting in the way, is the original King of the Deathmatches 1997 from IWA oh. Mid-South. So yeah, we're going to be talking that for a good... Enjoyed place. that. Uh, it, was, uh, it was rough going. It was yeah, rough going. <laughs> yeah, it was. I'm like, can I speak badly about this tournament? thinking about who's in it you know what yeah i can it was pretty shit it was pretty (laughs) shit house you know who was fucking awesome in it though madman pondo man he just stood out like this ray of fucking light the moment he comes through the fucking curtain with that mother world is a vampire and he's laughing and bouncing and everybody's just about him he's the rightful winner of that tournament and the inventor of it so there you go (laughs) you didn't hear that from me so everybody Make sure you check out the Dream Tournament from Deathmatch Down Under. Check out all their stuff online. Buy all their stuff. Support everybody because it's going to be amazing. And Deathmatch Wrestling is going to be back in Australia very, very soon. Joel, thank you so much for your time, man. 
any time. I can hear my son wailing. He sounds like a kettle oh, no. that's freshly boiled, so I'll have to tackle that in the not-too-distant, but always love chatting with yourself. Absolutely, um, man. Hopefully we get to do this in person sooner rather than later. We will. We'll get there eventually, man. Uh, I'm not picking up Sam on the audio, so good work <laughs> from him. He, conscientious decision from him. Congratulations to you. Congratulations to Jess. Good luck for the tournament. I'll be pulling for you. It's going to be amazing, yeah? So everybody, for the smash hit Joel Bateman, for Deathmatch Worldwide, and for Faces and Feels, remember, it's all about peace, love, and fucking Deathmatch Wrestling. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Faces and Feels is a DIY project created and edited in-house by me, Rafe Houston. You can show your support by following us on Instagram at FacesFeelsCast, Twitter at FacesFeelsCast, and Facebook at FacesFeelsCast. Or send us an email with topic suggestions or feedback to facesandfeels at gmail.com, and don't forget to rate and review us on iTunes. Our banger theme is Loose Lips Sink Ships by the Thunder Vipers. Check it out on Spotify. And now hang around for a quick word from some friends of the show. Peace out. Vinyls and Violets, a brand celebrating a love of music and deathmatch wrestling. Follow on Instagram at Vinyls and Violence. Follow on Twitter at Legalized Ranch, and that's Ranch with two H's. And buy the shirts from deathmatchworldwide.com. Vinyls and Violence. I'm pretty sure it's like some weirdo shit like Pokemon or something. My body is a roadmap of pain. Oh! Deathmatchworldwide.com the official online merchandise store that is only for Deathmatch Wrestling. Featuring official t-shirts from No Peace Underground, John Wayne Murdoch, Akira, Madman Pondo, Zona 23, Neil Diamond Cutter, G-Raver, Schlack, Necro Butcher, and many more. If you are a Deathmatch Wrestling promotion, manager, or platform and are interested in joining the web store, send us an email to deathmatchworldwide at yahoo.com. Deathmatchworldwide.com for the violent views.